1: Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly
0: or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Coming to you from our new home at DynastyLeagueFootball.com and a DLF family of podcasts, we are the Superflex Super Show. We talk QB values, Superflex strategies, evaluate and debate Superflex trades, plus our own twist on Superflex team management with exercises like Tinderflex, Super 6, and You Are Nuts. So when you're done with this awesome DLF podcast, find us on Twitter at Superflexshow, and join us in a discussion of the fastest-growing format in all of fantasy football, Superflex, on the Superflex Super Show. You're now listening to the Destination Debbie Podcast. I present your host, Ray Garvin, the creator of Destination Debbie, and your go to source for all things Debbie and college football.
1: Welcome back for episode 28 of the Destination Devi podcast. I'm the captain of this here Devi dynasty vessel, Ray Garvin. You know where to find me on Twitter at RayGQ, that's Q-U-E. Make sure you follow the show at Destination Devi. The DDP is a proud member of the DLF family of podcasts. You can listen to this show on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, anywhere you can play podcasts at the DDP is there. You can also check the show out on DynastyLeagueFootball.com, as well as other great Dynasty-related podcasts. Whatever your flavor is, DLF has you covered, so head on over to the website. Check out the show. I've got written content over there as well. But without further ado, you know, last week we had Garrett Price of the Dynasty Nerds on for the first installment of the Ground and Pound series, where we just talked 2020 running backs, 2021 running backs. That was it. We were focused on the ground game. But tonight... Tonight, we are going to air the DDP out. This is the first installment of the Air Raid series where we're talking nothing but wide receivers. 2020, 2021, 2019, 2018, I don't know where we're going. I don't know where we're going, but we're not running the ball. We are throwing it tonight. And the co-pilot for this show is a man you know. And if you don't know who he is, you ain't doing Dynasty right, all right? All right. He's an NFL draft and dynasty fantasy football analyst. He's a senior writer for the Roto Underworld. He's a writer for Bolts from the Blue, a blog for the Los Angeles Chargers. He brings the best of both worlds, all right? Data, film-based analysis. He knows how to combine all of that together in order to formulate usable fantasy football opinions and facts. It is the man himself, without further ado, Jesse Reeves, welcome to the DDP, brother. How you doing,
0: man? I'm am, I'm am doing good. And, and and real quick before we get going, I, you know, I know I didn't ask you to give me that hell of an intro. Uh, you definitely didn't ask you to get to call me America's sweetheart or anything. But man, you sure know how to bring a guy in. You know, you 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 really just you you bumped me up there, man. I'm I'm ready to go tonight, man. Uh, ready to knock off a little bit of this podcast. Russ, I, I told you uh, off air. You know, it's been a minute since I've been on the mic, so I I, I was ready to get this thing hot and hop on with you, dude.
1: Well, you know, I've got a feeling, Jesse. I've got a feeling that you and I are going to disagree on some people. So what I like to do is butter you up first, make you feel good, make you feel comfortable, get your feet up before we take the gloves off and get going, man. So, I, I mean, I'm really excited about this. And for you listeners out there, Jesse and I have been trying to get this show together for probably a couple of months now. And... You know, life gets in the way of both of us, man. We've got real-life things going on, personal, family lives, work-related things, and it just couldn't happen, but it's going down tonight. We are recording on Saturday night, so week nine of college football is in the books. We've got even more, you know, data and film stuff that we can go off of, some box scores we can talk about, but this is the Air Raid show, and the NFL game is changing. Uh, how NFL teams use wide receivers— the the physical makeup, how these wide receivers look, how they move, how they play. The game is changing. It's more it's important, more important than ever to kind of go deep into these prospects and try to make a, a sound and formulated opinion on where you select these guys in your dynasty rookie drafts, or if we're talking about twenty twenty one or twenty twenty two guys, you know how you evaluate them for your Debbie drafts next year. So Jesse, let's just start it out, man. Let's let's not even beat around the bush. Let's cut straight to the chase. Everybody wants to know about 2020 wide receivers. They want to know, is it Jerry Judy at the top? Is it somebody like Jalen Rager or LaVisca Chenault? So we're just jumping right in. And I want to know. I want to know, give me your top 10 wide receivers in this 2020 class, regardless of, you know, of where consensus has them ranked. I want to know what Jesse Reeves' top 10 is.
0: Oh man, you're just throwing me straight into the fire here. But uh, I, I guess I guess there's no better way to do this. So uh, right now, um, my current top ten for this uh, 2020 prospect class, just for the wide receivers, um, I'm 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 deviating from the Jerry Judy hype, and I'm going Ceedee Lamb at number one. Um, I, I love the way he plays. I love the way that he's he has elite ball tracking skills. Has some of the best, and I mean absolute best hands in the game. And I'm not talking necessarily contested catch hands, um, which he does have. But I mean, when that ball is up in the air, he's tracking it. He uses great vision, great concentration to be able to come down with, with anything that that comes his way. And um, I think that his skill set really just just tells me that he might not be as polished in in terms of route running as a guy like Jerry Judy. He might not be be as overall well-rounded but that's the guy that I'm looking at um with that 101 maybe even potentially depending on 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 how my my dynasty team is is built if I have a couple of really good running backs I know everybody's going to be on the DeAndre Swift hype, and rightfully so they should but I think a lot of people should be looking in the direction of CD Lamb at number one um before I get too carried away on the C.D. Lamb train there, um, I will say, you know, for the Jerry Judy truthers out there, I do have him at number two um, okay. in arguably yeah. one of the most well-rounded prospects that I've seen um, uh, since since scouting on film. And he does have a lot of really good data to back that up as well. Um, and number three, this is a guy that I've touted for a really, really long time, and it shouldn't come to a surprise that he's in my top three. But Tyler Johnson, man, um, just I just call him the natural. He's just a natural wide receiver. Love that guy. Um, Number four, another guy that I've been touting for a while, uh, Jalen Rager. And um, just absolutely explosive, incredible, incredible, incredible in space, yards after the catch, everything. He's just absolutely electric. Um, And then uh, to round out my top five there, I'm going with uh, somebody that maybe a lot of people didn't know before this season because he is having um – um, what what many think is a breakout year, but he's actually used to doing this. But it's Tylen Wallace. Um, absolutely love him, and and I'm gonna go ahead and pull the trigger on him in, in my top five for sure. Um, and then to to go a little bit deeper, I'm looking at LaVisca Shenault at number six, T. Higgins at seven, Henry Ruggs at eight, and then after eight, I get a little bit dicey because I have a group of guys. Um, that I really like, that uh, I still really need to dive into a little bit more, and that, to round out a top ten. So um, after Rugs, I'm looking at guys like uh, Justin Jefferson, Isaiah Hodgins, uh, Devonte Smith, Colin Johnson, Brian Edwards. Um, that's kind of the next the, that fringe tier two, tier three guys that I'm looking at in terms of data and film. Um, so yeah, that's I, I know I gave you at least eight solid ones that I'm that I'm pretty hell bent on right now, but to round out that top ten. Um, those are some names that I'm looking at, man.
1: All right. So just a recap for everybody out there, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you his top eight. All right. He's got CeeDee Lamb, (laughs) Jay Judy, Tyler Johnson, Jalen Rager, Tylen Wallace, LaVisca, Chenault Jr., T. Higgins, Henry Ruggs. And then like he said, there are some players um, after that, but I really want to talk about this eight that you have, because for me, I think we've got the same guys. They're just pretty much grouped a little bit differently. But, you know, you are the guest of honor. So I really want to kind of talk about these eight guys. And before we get into them per se, Jesse, just in you watching the game, watching NFL, and I'm not talking college, I'm talking the NFL game and how teams are utilizing wide receivers. A lot of these guys are sort of... um, they've got they offer different skill sets right when I'm looking at players like Jalen Rager and Henry Ruggs and I'm not saying that they can't be route tech tech uh, tacticians they can't you know have that technical part of their game um, because I b- do believe they can but what they can't do is they can't they're not six foot two, two hundred and twenty pounds like LaVisca Chenault, or they're not six four like T. Higgins. So when you're just looking at the variety of wide receivers amongst your eight, and we're not even talking about players like you said, Colin Johnson or Isaiah Hodgins, who's another big receiver, um, just just talk about the skill set that these guys have and how you believe personally, in your opinion, how these guys translate uh, at the next level in how their skill sets can, can thrive or hold them back at the next level?
0: That's a, that's a really great question. And so for one thing, I'll start with, um, uh, I will be the first to say that I really, really, really dislike this this prospect class, and and not because it's bad. I dislike it because it is so good. And the question that you just asked is very hard to differentiate without knowing the situation that they're going to. If there's one thing that I learned from uh, the 2018 or 2019 prospect class, it's that situation can really, really elevate guys, such as DK Metcalf, Terry McLaurin. Um, Paris Campbell, I know he has yet to to completely break out, but he will be a focal point of that Colts offense at some point. I can guarantee it. Um, but so so to to your question, this if if you are a team that is in need of a wide receiver, this is the year that you you are gonna go out and get yourself a studded wide receiver because even inside of that top that top what twelve or thirteen that I gave you, um, as undecided as it as it was towards the back end of that top ten. Um, all of the guys that I listed off are guys who have a breakout age of 19 or lower um, and X minus, minus Henry rugs, excuse me. But um, all of them have exceptional data that backs up and tells us that at the college level, they were dominant. And not only were they dominant, but they were very, 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 um, they were very, very good with the systems that they were playing in. And um, to that, I would say, it's going to be hard to answer how you project These guys at the next level because like I said anything um, outside of situation With a group like this is going to be Really really hard to project but um, Going into into maybe some <clears throat> Guys that you mentioned mentioned Like Jerry Judy and, and Henry Ruggs These guys are complete almost polar opposites You look at Henry Ruggs and he is um, I mean minus the speed difference uh, Between them two which Henry Ruggs is just Absolutely lightning fast plays with a ton Of physicality and strength um, He's really physical off the line and he doesn't have incredible footwork, but he has really good short area bursts um, that allows him to, to make up maybe some missteps off the line and gets too um, to quick with the feet off the line and in in, uh, in, when he's breaking into his route stems, etc. cetera. Um, as to where maybe a guy like Jerry Judy, who is just well-polished in his route running, has incredible quick feet. He can just lull you to sleep at the line of scrimmage and just break one off at any given moment. Um those two guys on the same exact team um, at, who are incredible prospects are going to offer very, very different skill sets to NFL teams. So it's it's just going to be what is the flavor at the time of the draft pick being submitted. Um, there's like you said, and also like you said, if we're if we're breaking down a little bit of physicality and, and how big some of these guys are, um, There's nobody that's exceptionally big in this class that stands out to me um, in terms of overall body mass index, except for um, maybe a guy like T. Higgins. And even he is only 200 pounds. He's not sitting in that 220 range, 215 range that you look for from a prototypical wide receiver one. Um, And given his skill set, which is kind of that Julio Jones-esque, Long striding guy who can get downfield and really make, uh, like stretch the field, but in a big body wide receiver, play the sidelines kind of way, um, which is kind of how I feel T. Higgins plays, but, um, Outside of him, you're looking at uh, C.D. Lamb, who's sitting at 6'3", but he's uh, technically he's not sitting inside that elite body mass index tier because he's sitting at 190 pounds. So um, the one thing that really stands out to me in this class is definitely the versatility and the flavor. Uh, Like I said, if you are looking to go and get yourself a wide receiver one or a wide receiver two to pair with uh, maybe your elite wide receiver one, this is going to be the class that you just dive in and you really grab one of these guys.
1: See, and I completely agree with you, and I've been, I'm not going to say I've been hammered on Twitter, but I've had a lot of people just sort of say, oh, well, I'm, I'm just going talent. Landing spot only matters a little bit. That that really shouldn't matter that much, but when I'm looking at these guys, I, I, it's hard for me to say it doesn't matter. I mean, if if a player like Henry Ruggs ends up or any of these guys, with the New Orleans Saints, or if they end up in an offense like the Green Bay Packers, or let's just say the Kansas City Chiefs, we saw it last year with McCall Hardman. McCall Hardman wouldn't even scratch the top 10 of this list amongst these 2020 guys, but he's been productive for the Kansas City Chiefs because he landed in a good situation. He does have an elite skill set. I'm not saying he's an elite wide receiver, but anybody that can run a 4-3-3 that is elite, he can get behind defensive backs. So when I'm looking at these wide receivers, Jalen Rager, Tylen Wallace, Tyler Johnson, Jerry Judy, CeeDee Lamb, I am going to pay attention to where they land. If, Jerry Judy, let's just say, for instance, the Dolphins do go chase Young, and then they take Jerry Judy, and they they say, for whatever reason, we're going to roll with Rosen and we'll back, draft a quarterback in the second round, if that happens. Stranger things have happened in the NFL draft. Well, you may have Jerry Judy as your wide receiver one or wide receiver two in that class, but, you know, do you just say he was the first wide receiver drafted, so I'm taking him first in my rookie draft? I just... It's for me, it's hard for me to. We saw that Nikhil Harry. Hollywood Brown was the first wide receiver drafted in 2019, but nobody was selecting him over Nikhil Harry and players like that in 2019. So, for those people, I'm not saying, and it's not so much draft capital for me, it's sort of that situational stuff. I mean, again, McCall Hardman was not a first round pick, yet we consistently saw him going in the top eight of dynasty rookie drafts, and sometimes because of the situation with Tyreek Hill he was going even higher so i completely agree with uh, for me the this college football season the pre-draft process the nfl combine and the actual nfl draft that is where i mean uh, there's going to be a lot of clarity once all of that stuff takes place uh, because these guys do offer such different skill sets and I'm going to I'm just going to throw out a couple of I'm going to be negative Nancy here. okay? I'm going to play devil's advocate for some of these guys in the top eight. And I don't expect you to respond to everybody, Jesse, but I'm just going to (laughs) say, all right. So for the Tyler Johnson, Tyler Johnson uh, truthers out there he doesn't look like he's the best receiver on his team this year. He stayed for his senior year, and wide receivers who stay for their senior year, or players who stay in college for their senior year, that's concerning. For Tylen Wallace, haven't we seen all these Oklahoma State wide receivers coming in the NFL? From Justin Blackman, Adarius Bowman, Rashawn Woods, Dez Bryant, and and you know, yeah, Dez did okay, but none of those guys panned out. Oh, Jalen Rager at TCU, he barely catches three balls a game. Jerry J. G- He's not even the best wide receiver on his team. LaVisca Chenault can't stay healthy. He's used as a running back. Uh, So I'm just, I'm playing negative Nancy here. So just, I don't expect you to answer all of those questions, but those are things that people are saying about these guys. So just whoever you want to, you know, counter those points, just go for it right now, Jesse.
0: Yeah. Um, one thing that I would say to anybody that has any concerns about that, this is where kind of when you start tracking the data and a little bit more of the advanced data, this is where it can get really nifty at this point because we have a large group of guys that are all lumped together kind of, um, who have exceptional talent and who are really going to rely on the situation that they go to. But this is where looking at some, some stuff like age adjusted market share data is really going to, going to serve you well in terms of this, this entire group of guys, um, Right here, there's I, I'm going to point out three that really stand out to me in terms of continuing to supply us um, the the consumer with stable data to go on and. I could I could spout off about, about LaVisca Uh Unfortunately, he's having a little bit of a down year in terms of age-adjusted market share. He was up from about 33.8% receiving yards market share, 31.6% touchdown market share last year, and a 32.7% dominator rating in 2018 to about um, 23.8% dominator rating this year, 24.5% uh, receiving yards market share this year. So there's some guys like LaVisca Chenault that are not holding up their end of the bargain or the the guys that we thought would continue to break out. But there are three guys that I want to point out that are giving us stable data. And that's Tyler Johnson is the the go-to number one here. If we're going to argue that um that that maybe this group of, of wide receivers and it is going to be based on situation, this is a guy that you can make a very, very thorough argument that it does not matter what situation he goes to. this guy is going to absolutely ball out because he's been doing it since 2017. And that's he's he is absolutely dominating the game of, co- of, of college football right now. We're talking a 61.2% dominator rating in 2017 when he broke out at age 19. Uh, age 18 excuse me uh 51 point sorry I'll backtrack on that that is an age 19 breakout uh 51.5% dominator rating 2018 and then this year currently as it stands right now a 36.9% dominator rating now for anybody that might not know or isn't familiar with any age adjusted market share data um uh there's thresholds such as 20% market share uh dominator rating that tell us a, a wide receiver in particular is going to be successful at the next level. So when I tell you these percentages, I don't mean to get you all jumbled or mixed up or anything, but um, what this, these numbers and these percentages, these averages tell us is if a certain player is over a threshold, they have a very, very high chance of succeeding at the next level. Tyler Johnson fits that bill through all four of his years as a, uh, as a college football player at Minnesota, um, particularly in the last three years since 2017, He's just given us all the data in the world to go on that tells us situation might not matter in his case. And I now I know you, you brought up he's he's definitely not the best wide receiver in this group in terms of physical skills he's a natural uh ability type of wide receiver and i think he's got some of the best hands in this class it does not matter whether he's in traffic playing the bounce going up for a 50 50 ball he's incredibly concentrated in um in where the ball is and how he can bring it to him he catches with his hands very well and that's going to be something that nfl teams value um To go on, Tyler Wallace, like you said, we have a history of these Oklahoma State wide receivers coming in and and not being very great. What I can say for Tyler Wallace is he's the next guy in line right after Tyler Johnson right now that continuously puts up great age-adjusted market share data year in and year out. Last year, broke out at age 19, had a 36.7% dominate rating. Now, if we're comparing that to a guy like Tyler Johnson – it's not going to stand out as much because Tyler Johnson is just a freak on the stat sheet. That guy just commands volume and he, he just takes over the entire Minnesota offense when he's on the field. But Tyler Wallace, this year, he actually has 42.9% of uh, the entire receiving yards uh, market share of Oklahoma State. He's got a 48.4% dominator rating so far through um, X amount of games. I'm sorry, I've lost track of the game so far this year. But he's another guy that I'm willing to pin my hat on and say, this guy is different. You can argue as much as you want about Oklahoma State and their wide receiver products that are coming out, but Tylen Wallace is giving us data that tells us, comparative to historical data, that he will succeed given the right draft capital and pending some situation. Those are two guys that I definitely look look for. Um, and, and using some of the data that I mentioned, um, th- those are things that I look for to help me identify these guys that that kind of takes out the narrative of, well, you know, if, if, if these guys are all lumped together, then I'm just going to go ahead and take Jerry Judy because I've seen him run fast and he's really good with his footwork. You know, you need to be able to identify some of these things to really make a mark on the guys that you want to take on your dynasty teams.
1: And this is why we have Jesse on the show, because in all the episodes of the DDP, and I do look at Dominator rating and talk about that. But I I do think there's something to be said when, you know, when you have a, a group closely lumped together and you're trying to differentiate between player A, player B, player C you have to—data is a good way to sort of clarify that for you, kind of looking back historically on what these guys have done. Were they one-year wonders? Have they been able to consistently produce? And Tyler Johnson, you know, in listening to you, I'm thinking, I mean, hell, yeah, he is. I mean, he—what's—you know, yeah, no, he's not going to go out there and run a 4-3-1 or a 4-2 like Henry Ruggs, but what has he—what hasn't he done since he stepped foot? On a football field for the Minnesota Gophers, he's been consistent, he's been productive, and he's gotten better each and every year. So for those people out there who who knocked Tyler Johnson because he's a senior and he stayed for his last year and Rashad Bateman is better, you know, it's, listen, we can we can go down the line and do that with a ton of wide receivers, but the reality is the numbers don't lie the numbers don't lie and you never know and and i and i talked about this with uh, Scott Connor the other day on the Dynasty and Chill pod but man some sometimes players just have a badass game man sometimes they're just not on their they're regular normal young men finding themselves and i'm telling you from experience i'm telling you from people that i know sometimes they just have a bad game so if you happen to turn on whomever the day that they had a bad game, it doesn't mean that they're a bad player. And I think Tyler Johnson, even for me, I, you know, when I when I look at my rankings, so Jesse, I have Tyler Johnson tenth right now, and I'm sitting here thinking, like, what? Why did I move him down? I, I'm trying to think, you know, what was it? Was it him? Was it just the play of everybody else? And I really can't give you a good answer uh, why. So it's going to make me go back uh, through my rankings and look at my process on. You know, did I just get a little overzealous on a couple of people? You know, did did he truly need to be knocked down from my top five to number ten? So I I actually do need to go back and kind of a, a adjust or, or at least look at my process to make sure that I'm doing things not just you know knee jerk reactions. So you know, I appreciate you diving into that into that data for us. And and with that being said, so I, I just want to ask you, I, I just want to ask you about players like. Henry Ruggs and Jalen Rager, all right? They're smaller players. They're both, you know, right under six foot. You know, I think Henry Ruggs Ruggs is listed at six. When he measures in at the combine, it'll probably be 5'11, 5'10. But when you've got those smaller speedster wide receivers, everybody is searching for the next Tyreek Hill, and he is an outlier. We all know that. I mean, what are your just overall thoughts on players like? A Jalen Rager, uh, Henry Ruggs, uh, KJ Hamler—those smaller, you know, speedster wide receivers
0: at the next level. So for me, I think I could start with a little bit of of, of Henry Ruggs here. And this guy, um, so if we're going to lump those guys together in terms of just being speedster wide receivers, um, which is definitely what they are, I think there's a very clear distinction between a guy like maybe Jalen Rager uh, and a guy like Henry Ruggs. Um, Jalen Rager has continuously put incredible data um, out there for us on... Uh, throughout the past couple years. Now, I know he's he's really having a down year this year, and a lot of people are disappointed in the way that TCU is using him right now, and uh, rightfully so because the potential, the electricity at which that guy plays is, is absolutely substantial. And I think that um, with, with the data and everything that we've seen from him, um, I know he's having a rough year, but I don't think we can just lump him into being a speedy wide receiver. And um, kind of before I get off the rails, to answer your question – I think um, the stereotype of these smaller guys being just speed receivers is definitely something we have to start um, kind of breaking away from. As we get more and more evolved in our NFL analysis, we see the game of football changing. We see um, over the past couple of years that slot receivers um, are not just these small little guys that can just run quick routes like Julian Edelman and, and, and who have uh, really, really good footwork and, and the capacity to be able to play um short out routes and, and do quick slants and, and and anything that's asked from them in the middle of the field. These guys are guys, um, now that are coming out of college, like Jalen Rager are able to play all over the field. They're able to utilize their speed and, and create mismatches on the, on on the field when they're playing. And, and with that said, um, a guy like Jalen Rager, um, he. Although he does display elite level speed, or maybe not, maybe elite is a little care, careless of a statement. If we're talking Henry Ruggs, that's elite level speed. I do think that Jalen Rigger is very, very fast, though. But with what he's able to do with his skill set, um, we're talking about right now, the only guy that's sitting inside my top 10 who has an age 18 breakout. Um, in 2017, from, as a freshman, the moment he jumped on that field, logged a 22.7% Dominator rating and more more noticeably, 28.7% of uh, TCU's receiving touchdown production. He's a red zone monster. Not even just a red zone monster, a touchdown monster, as I should say. He was immediately utilized from the moment that he, that he hopped on the field for TCU. He followed that up. Had a really really impressive 2018 season last year when he just took a massive overall leap in overall production. 72 receptions for 1,061 yards and nine total touchdowns. Now that pretty much uh, solidified him as just an overall wide receiver threat to me. Not this small guy that's a speedster. He's a guy that can use his speed and 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 really get open and and he's electric with the balls the ball in his hands. He is a very very good wide receiver and um to go along with your other point too on 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 henry ruggs being kind of lumped in there he's a guy that has the potential to kind of uh move down my rankings i know i said i had him about um about eight was was about that threshold now he's a guy that maybe if you want to if you want to talk about um his his lack of of anything else outside of speed which he does have really good he's got tons of physicality um he's really physical off the line with his release um He has really, really good short area bursts that allows him to to be manipulative at the line of scrimmage and really put himself in positions to where he can break away from a defender. But that's almost it. We're looking at almost a one-dimensional speedster there who's never broken out, who doesn't have a breakout age, um, whose highest uh, receiving yards market share that he's ever logged is about 15.3%, which just below uh, 5% below the 20% uh, threshold that we look at for college wide receivers to consider them um, situationally uh, adaptive to the league at that point when they do pass 20%. But um we're we're looking at a guy, and I've heard plenty of arguments, um, you know, for for Rugs. He's on a team with Jerry Judy, you know, that's that's phenomenal, you know, like that's, I, and I get that, and he's, you know, he's he's on a team that had that that runs the ball a lot, that likes to utilize their running backs. But my case there is that if Henry Ruggs isn't going to be able to outshine his teammates and the competition in college, how does that change at the next level? How do we as as analysts in a community? How do we willfully tell everybody else that, yes, Henry Ruggs is going to be a stud at the next level when he isn't even a stud in college? So I'm sorry. I didn't mean to get off the rails anything there.
1: That's good because, Jesse, you know what's going to happen in February. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. He's going
1: to go to Indianapolis. He's going to have his Mm -hmm. underwear on. And Mm -hmm. he's going to run a 4-2-8. He's going to jump 41 inches in the vertical jump. Mm -hmm. He's going to broad jump some ridiculous length. He's going to break. I I, I play around when I say he's going to break player profiler. Like just what he's going to do at the combine. All those bars are going to be super high and Mm -hmm. people are going to be like, I got to get him. It's Tyreek Hill. I have to have him. I'm drafting him over. Judy over Wallace over Rager over CeeDee Lamb we how do you tell people to temper that what he's going to do when when he gets to the combine it's going to be ridiculous and people are going to freak the hell out so I mean what you just said if he can't and I'm thinking damn I mean he's not I'd venture to say he's the third best receiver on that Alabama team week in
0: and week out so me too Yeah, no, definitely, definitely, and so like that's that that comes with um with with your question and 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 what do you, what do we think of these maybe the, these smaller guys that, that add that extra flavor to this group of guys who are um, kind of middle of the pack in terms of not not talent, not not um, overall skill set, but kind of um, differentiating in that class uh, uh, from a class that maybe has four or five or even three big-body prototypical wide receivers. To me, when I look at this list, it looks like a bunch of versatile – like incredibly talented wide receivers, but nobody stands out in this class as that prototypical wide receiver mold except for T. Higgins. And uh, other than that, we're just looking at a bunch of guys who, who a, a vast majority of them possess really, really good speed. And some of them are going to be looked at as they're undersized. Um, you look on a lot of people's lists, we're looking at uh, Jerry Judy, CeeDee Lamb. Um, Jalen Rager, Tylen Wallace, these are all guys who are sub 195. These are all guys that are sitting under 195. are, and and if you're going to make the argument that that's, that maybe you don't want to draft the wide receiver on your dynasty team, that, that doesn't have the body mass index that you want, or that doesn't have that, that certain weight or anything, these guys are all small speedsters. And, And when I say small lightly, because comparative to some other classes, maybe we're looking at a little bit more bulk from the wide receiver position in terms of weight and overall height. But, um, yeah, we can, we can lump uh, plenty, of, plenty of more guys in there. But if we're just talking like Jalen Riker, Henry Ruggs, um, a couple other guys that really stand out to me, um, a guy like Aaron Fuller from Washington, uh, he's, he's 5'10", 187. Um, for the most part, a lot of these wide receivers do have really, really good height, though. But it's the weight that can, you, you know we can kind of throw some questions to. K.J. Hamler having himself a year, an absolute year, 5'9", 165. What are NFL teams going to think of him?
1: Well, that's actually a good transition uh, when you brought up Aaron Fuller because I want to ask you um, the names give me a give us a couple of names of some wide receivers that are kind of not being talked about as much right now or have just started to gain some steam this season that you think could see their stock rise uh, during the pre draft process, and I'll just throw a couple out there. To get the party started, from from my standpoint, uh, one of the big names a lot of people have heard about is the big guy out of Liberty, Antonio Gandy, Golden, six foot four, mm-hmm. two hundred and twenty pounds, small school prospect. But he's got, you know, when you're talking about that prototypical size, he has that. You've got another guy, a slot receiver that has really shown a diverse skill set down in Austin, Texas. Devin DuVernay, you know, five 5'11", 210 pounds, though. He looks like a freaking running back when he when he has the ball in his hands. You've got a couple of guys from Michigan. Tyler Vaughns from USC. You know, Michael Pittman from USC has looked really good. Denzel Mims out of Baylor. Uh, so just... Maybe some guys that people aren't talking about as much, and one of my personal favorites, uh, Jesse, is a, a guy. A, another one of these slender, and I, and I like how you said doesn't have the body mass. Marquez Stevenson out of the University of Houston that can just absolutely get up and go. I'm a speed whore. I just love fast players. I love speed. Uh, I, I love fast players, and I want them to be good on the field, of of course, but. When you're when you're talking about some of these under the radar prospects, who do you see having that ascension? Or maybe they're not even talked about that much, but they're you know they get to uh, they get drafted late by an NFL team, uh, they get into camp, they perform well, and look at Jacoby Myers. Nobody was talking about Jacoby Myers in, during Dynasty rookie drafts, and and he's having a hell of a year. And even somebody like Terry McLaurin, I know he started to gain some hype during the pre-draft process, so. Who is your Terry McLaurin or a couple of guys that you think could gain some value uh, after the season?
0: Yeah, so that's that's a long list because I'm I'm always actively looking for guys that maybe slightly go under the radar and guys that I can really um, identify maybe a certain skill set in or um, something that I can exploit to maybe make those third and fourth round fantasy uh, rookie fantasy picks really worth it for my dynasty team. So a couple of names that really pop out um, besides guys like KJ Hamler who are having uh, just kind of a, a really uh, resurgent kind of year. Resurgent might not be the right right word but they are definitely ascending this year um with with the amount of hype that they're getting a guy that another guy that stands out is Denzel Mims 6'3 200 playing out of Baylor I believe he was if I remember he was supposed to come out last year um or he was potential. yes he he chose to go back for his senior year over there at baylor but he was definitely a guy i was keeping my eye on um potentially as a later round pick for me in rookie drafts um last year uh another one that i don't hear a lot of people talking about and he kind of identifies to me as a slot receiver who's just kind of he's shifty really good with the with uh with the ball in his hands and he he runs really really good routes from the tape that i've watched on him is uh, J.D. Spielman out of Nebraska. He was somebody that really, really, really caught my eye when I was watching Stanley Morgan last year in prep for the draft. He was definitely a guy that kind of caught my eye, sits about 5'9", 180, and... um he, uh, he logged um, uh, 66 receptions for 818 yards and eight touchdowns last year. So uh, I'd have to go back at my age-adjusted market share database and look, but I know for a fact that he did surpass that 20, uh, 20% threshold that would identify him as a breakout candidate um, from last year. And he also logged 830 receiving yards the year prior to that. He was just a little bit down in the touchdown department. So he's somebody that I've definitely identified as um, I will be looking at him uh, coming into this process, especially if he decides uh, coming into this uh, draft process, especially if he does decide to um, to go ahead and 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 declare for the draft this year. Um, uh, you mentioned Antonio Gandy Golden, just a, a small school prospect, which I I tend to kind of shy away from, uh, not because they don't matter, don't you know? I don't, I don't want anything, no, anybody to think that. Okay, okay, yeah, I, okay. uh, they they definitely matter but i think we need to I, I think we as a community also need to get real with with the fact of that a lot of a lot of our decisions uh, and a lot of the things that we that the, the things that we think um, matter Stem from an NFL team's decision. Now, Antonio Gandy Golden um, does he have the profile of an elite wide receiver? One hundred percent. His 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 breakout age um, is 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 young, if I remember correctly. I believe it's about nineteen or eighteen, give or take. And he uh, last year, I believe, he surpassed around forty percent receiving yards market share of Liberty's offense. Now, that's absolutely phenomenal. That puts him up up there with guys like uh, like <clears throat> Jalen Rager, Tylen Wallace and uh tyler johnson but the fact of the matter is he's not going to get drafted like those guys and if we're looking back at draft history and the way that teams um draft their players which is a very useful tool as well when we're looking at at stuff like age-adjusted market share when we look at draft capital um it definitely matters in projecting for fantasy Um, since 2000 uh since 2000 we have a a wide receiver count of about one wide receivers that were drafted in the first round only and that's 71 in just the first round 24 of those hit in top in the top 12 have a top 12 fantasy season 37 of those have had a top 24 fantasy season, and 45 of those have had a top 36 fantasy season. So that amounts about, uh, comes out to about 33.8 percent of them have a top 12 season. Now, when we're drafting guys with a number one pick, or you know, a first round pick in dynasty, we're we're looking for that top 12 season, right? That's right. that's what we really really want, right? right. right. Unfortunately, Antonio Ganzi Golden is not going to be a guy that's going to get drafted in the first round, and I'm I, I'm I'm almost completely confident in saying that he probably won't even go in the top three rounds if he does go in the top three rounds absolutely phenomenal but i think that fourth round is where people start to really really look at him um maybe maybe even later uh, maybe that's over projecting i could be over projecting there but i'm talking about so when we when we go down the list in terms of draft capital too uh, for these wide receivers that are taken In round two, there's 77 uh, overall wide receiver count. Only 18 of that 77 is hitting a top-12 fantasy season since the year 2000. 25 of those are hitting top-24, and 34 of that 77 is hitting a top-36 season. So as you can tell already right now through the first two rounds, we have a really high success rate, but it starts to drop in that third round. to Only out of 79, 22 of those wide receivers drafted – have <clears throat> only 22 of 79 wide receivers hit a top 36 season. And I can keep going down all the way through round seven of the real draft, and we can keep – it gets vastly, vastly, even just one last example. If a, if a wide receiver is drafted in the fourth round since 2000, 69 wide receivers – I know that's a funny number, but 69 wide receivers have been drafted in the fourth round since the year 2000. Only two of them have had a top 12 fantasy season so a guy i didn't mean to get off the rails or anything but we gotta start tempering expectations for guys like antonio gandy golden who are just not going to be drafted as such so really i put guys like that on the back burner i don't really pay too much attention to them in terms of fantasy they could have some some value down the road don't put too much in uh too much into them um again i apologize for getting off the rails there get a little excited sometimes that's but that's good yeah yeah <laughs> Um, but, uh, and then I would say, like you said, Tyler Vaughn's is definitely another guy. Des Fitzpatrick is another guy that I'm looking at, um, this year. He was somebody that I, that I profiled last year. Definitely think he has, um, the height, the weight, and he did, and he did have a, more um uh an analytical profile that suggested he did have situational upside so if we look at some something like maybe the arizona cardinals where they drafted what three wide receivers um in in this year's draft they drafted just an absolute plethora of of wide receivers and Keyshawn johnson andy isabella and um hakeem butler yes hakeem butler and if we're looking at maybe Des Fitzpatrick line, it ends up in a situation that's similar to that, where they just, a team drafts just one, more than one, maybe two or three wide receivers, and he can kind of slot in and maybe make a name for himself. He's somebody I think could stand out as well.
1: Ooh, that is, you know, it's it's funny that you say that about AGG because there's there's a guy on Twitter I really respect. Um, uh, I can't think of his uh, his Twitter handle right now. But I posted a video of AGG, and he responded very respectfully. And he was just like, "I, I, I, I like the, I like the plays. I appreciate the highlights, but I just don't see that guy going in the top three rounds." And I was just in my mind, I'm like, "Why? Six four. He's, he's two twenty. He's crushing Liberty." But I mean, now I'm a little. If he doesn't go that high, and he is a third, fourth round pick, that's scary, man.
0: No, I definitely agree, and uh, there's one wide receiver that kind of had this, he had the same profile, um, he was just really, really explosive, really ha- had all the data, uh, was a big body wide receiver that came out in this past year's um, uh, prospect class, and his name is escaping me for some reason right now, I cannot remember his name, um, I had I had him in, and Keelan Doss lumped together, I really like Keelan Doss this past year too. Yeah. But these are guys that are just going to need, despite having the analytics, despite being dominant on their teams, these are guys that are going to need the absolute best conditions possible for you to see a return on your investment in in fantasy picks. And unfortunately, that drives us as fantasy owners to have to really evaluate and wait how much we put into these guys. From a scouting perspective and from looking at a real NFL perspective, man, I'm telling you, these guys have a real shot to make something of themselves. But in fantasy, we have to dial it back a little bit and really temper the expectations because a lot of what we see and a lot of what we have to evaluate is based on the decisions that NFL teams make. And the fact is, NFL teams are are still believing in Stone Age philosophies that a big bodied dominant wide receiver coming from Liberty is not going to be able to produce against NFL DBs because he didn't play against NFL talent DBs in college, which is completely absurd if a player is good, I just believe that they are good and they, that they can continuously do it. That's my firm belief. But a lot of what we see is driven by these NFL teams who live in the stone age still. So, um, that's my little Antonio Gandy golden rant. Uh, I love that man still, but, uh, I, I am keeping an eye on him, but yeah, you can kind of lump him into with, with the rest of the guys, but he's definitely kind of somebody I'm tempered expectations on, but, um, yeah, man, that's, that, I think that's a pretty good group when, when you look at Fitzpatrick, um, uh, Gandy Golden, J.D. Spielman as, as well. Those are guys that not a lot of people are talking about that I think could have a little bit of ascension coming into the draft process um, if, if the right team gets a hold of them. All right, so
1: now I I know that you, and I don't mean to bring up a sore point because I know you're over it. I know you're over the Chargers this season, but I want to talk about uh, a man that I really enjoyed in college, watching his college game and watching how he operates in the NFL, and I know you watch him every Sunday, Keenan Allen. So I went back and looked at Keenan Allen Uh, his combine numbers. And I'm just focusing on his 40 now for a reason, because a lot of people just, you know, lose their minds over 40 time. And, you know, there's a big difference between max velocity in a straight line at 40 yards and then functional speed on the field. And Keenan Allen at his pro day, he didn't run at the combine. He ran at his pro day and he ran a 4.71 and a 4.75. But when I watch him on Sundays, Jesse, I mean, no one can cover the guy. I mean, just his route running ability, the way that he approaches the game. I mean, for literally from his rookie season until now, I know he had to battle with a couple of injuries, but, I mean, is there anybody that doesn't believe that he's a top five route runner in the NFL and one of the best wide receivers? And that's with running a 4, seven, five, 40 yard dash. So, you know, when you're looking at wide receiver prospects, what is, just for you, just real quick, you, your biggest trait or attribute or skill set when when you've got the data in front of you and you you turn on the tape to kind of put some context to that to that data what is the what is the skill set that you look for the most in these prospects is it separation is it speed is it contested catchability what is it what is it that you look for in these wide receivers
0: oh that is that is such a good question and i could go so many so many so many directions with that, um, but when I do, when I turn on the tape, I think the one thing, um, the one thing that really, really, really stands out to me is a wide receiver's ability to create separation. And when I say that, I know that's like that's like a, a buzzword, you know, creating separation. Um, maybe I should refine that. What I look for the most is a wide receiver's ability to Use not only their physical attributes, but use their football IQ to put them in the best position to leverage coverage, to leverage catch point, to leverage where they are on the field. Um, I guess you could say maybe play strength would definitely be a a big thing for me. I want to know that the guy... um, That is lining up against that DB. I want to know that if he gets jammed off the rip and he's in man coverage and his hands don't work the way he wants to, he's not able to get him inside the numbers. He's not able to move him out. He's not able to, um, to, or that, that DB gets him off route. I want to know that he's going to be able to think and process that and use everything that God gave him to put himself in the best position possible. If those things don't stand out to me, so basically cognitive awareness as well, that that you kind of, a lot of different things, because I believe in in, in a neck up player. Um, And this is one of the biggest reasons why I'm a big fan of Tyler Johnson. He has very, very good situational awareness. He knows where to be and when to be. And he's not the most polished route runner. He's not the he doesn't have the 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 most physical and flashy body control at the catch point. He is just a solid wide receiver that knows where to be. He knows who to be, and he knows w- 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 he knows what to be, and he does that very very well. So I'm looking for traits that that exceed what we look at from a physical standpoint. Like you said earlier, we often look at these guys that are going to run a four two. Uh, Henry Ruggs is going to run a four two. It's already been confirmed, and he hasn't even ran a thing. Or at least, not officially. But it's it's already confirmed. It's set in stone, and people are going to be enamored with that. But on tape, it's been shown that his his lack of um, discipline in route running and his his lack of in uh, in discipline in being able to leverage himself versus coverage. Um, is one of the biggest reasons that he is not as successful as a guy like Jerry Judy or Tyler Johnson. Um, so those are, those are the things that really stand out to me is cognitive awareness. Is the guy smart enough to leverage what he doesn't have with what he does have to put himself in the best position to win?
1: Okay. So I've said this before um, on this show. I've said it on other shows but I really, really believe that these next two wide receiver classes, 20 not even just wide receiver classes, these next two classes in general, wide receivers, quarterbacks, running backs, and then we're not even talking about the defensive guys, right? We're not talking about the Chase Youngs and the Grant Delpits of the world. But when you're just talking about for fantasy football, I really believe that it's going to be an ushering in of new NFL talent. I, I really believe some of those fringy, Stars that we love, and you know, the Julio Joneses, the Adam Thielands, these players who are 30, 31 years old, who are still giving us productive seasons. But two years from now, they may be out of the league. It's going to be some new talent coming into the league. And right now, I've got uh, DLF's uh, dynasty rankings for the month of what month is this? Last updated. October, the, the 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 latest one is October 22nd, all the way up to the 27th. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm just going to run through the top 15, all right? You've got New Hopkins, Michael Thomas, Juju, Devontae Adams, Odell Beckham, Tyreek Hill, Keenan Allen, Amari Cooper, Mike Evans, and Chris Godwin is your top 10. And then 11 through 15, you've got Julio, Cooper Cup, Stefan Diggs, DJ Moore, and Kenny Galladay. So I'm just going to ask you, you've got CeeDee Lamb, uh, you've got Jerry Judy, you've got Tyler Johnson, Jalen Rager, and Tylen Wallace as your top five today. That doesn't mean that's what it's going to be come draft season. I know there's a lot that's going to change, so you've got a lot <laughs> yeah. more to break down. But of that top 15, so when you're looking at Kenny Galladay, DJ Moore, and Stephon Diggs, that's the lower half of that. That's right outside of the top 12. Would you take any one of your five right now today over those guys and I know you don't know landing spot but just talent wise would you take any of those top five guys over Kenny Galladay
0: well based on based on sheer talent um I would I would probably take I would take cd and 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 jerry judy over okay. over Galladay right now okay so um, then yeah
1: so, so then they're both kind of inside your top fifteen, would you take either of those guys over DJ Moore or Stefan Diggs?
0: See, you know, when you say that both of them are inside my top fifteen, I gotta backtrack a little bit and be like, <laughs> are they are they really? Cause we don't even know. But we'll say and
1: you might not even this is just DLF's, you know, composite. Yeah, thing. So yeah, your personal yeah. you know, I don't know if Kenny Galladay <clears throat> is, is in your top fifteen or DJ Moore, but just based off of this list, you know, mm-hmm. uh you know, I, and I'm with you. I would have him over Kenny Galladay, and I yeah. would have. I probably would have C.D. Lamb and Jerry Judy over D.J. Moore. Would you? Would you do
0: that? I would. I would have to say because I think I value Kenny Kenny G a little bit more okay. than D.J. Moore right now, given where we're at in the season. Um, okay. and, and so I'd probably say yeah. I'd probably take them, but that might be my threshold right there. Okay, that might well, be good.
1: Well, let's say after the season. After the season, Julio Jones is 30 going on 31. Would you take CeeDee Lamb or Jerry Judy in Dynasty over Julio Jones, a 31-year-old Julio Jones?
0: Not right now. No, I'm going to ride that Julio train till the wheels fall off.
1: Okay, so you're riding Julio until yeah. the wheels fall off.
0: Uh, I, I definitely am. There's so much context you can add to yes. that. But just in a in a vacuum, yeah, I'm going to stick it out with Julio and and. and th- see where that goes. There's like I said, there's so much context we could add to that, but yeah, I'll, I'll take okay. a look there.
1: So now it, it's time for me to get uh, my fantasy advice. Right. So this past mm. two days ago, I traded Odell Beckham jr. Mm-hmm. Allen Robinson and what looks like is going to be, and it's almost, let's just say a 2020 top six pick.
0: Did I mess up? I, I don't think so. Cause I think, Comparatively, right now, Allen Robinson and Odell Beckham Jr. i Not talking about talent, but I'm talking about fantasy production are, are fairly close um, for me, at least. I think in 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 the long run, I think that um, I think Odell is is obviously struggling right now. And I think you might have, um, I think you might have been able to get away with with capitalizing on that right now. So I would say Alan Robinson, even though he's probably a tier below what I would have Odell Beckham in right now, um, that six pick that overall that six overall pick that kind of cushions that for me because what i believe is if if, if my top six holds at all and i'm able to get anywhere between you know tylen wallace jalen rigger tyler johnson jared judy or CeeDee lamb which probably lamb and judy will be out of the question by that point but Maybe, actually, if, if, we're not, if we're not counting so we're, on RBs. We're not counting
1: on so I may, I, I've got
0: And shot, running right? backs, too? Yeah. You definitely do. So, uh, yeah, I definitely think that, that that's a win. I think right now it might not look like it because I think a lot of people overvalue draft picks, um, especially right. midseason. I think everybody's infatuated with them. But come 2020, um, come this time next year, or even just even August this next year, um, I think you could probably be sitting pretty, especially if the OBJ... Um, if if that continues to to be <clears throat> descending there in Cleveland from what we're used to.
1: So let's just real quick, I, w- I want to give you the next couple of guys out of the 24 to see if any of those guys squeak in the 24, okay? So right after Kenny G, you got Brandon Cooks, Calvin Ridley, Thielen, T.Y. Hilton, Tyler Boyd, Tyler Lockett, A. Rob, Christian Kirk, and Robert Woods. Do you think a couple of more of those guys slide into that uh, that range of uh, dynasty wide receivers.
0: Uh, right now, I'd I'd probably say it'd be the same two in Ceedee Lamb, okay. Jerry Judy that I would definitely take there. But I would probably slot in Tyler Johnson there okay. because I think I think not knowing the situation, but if we can get if 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 we can get Tyler Johnson to the right situation to where he can just be himself and he can just not be asked to do anything that he's not you know that he's not accustomed to doing, um, I think you're looking at you you're probably looking at him being and this might be a conservative projection but i think that you're probably looking at him being inside of that that top 18 fantasy wide receivers um next year in the in, in 2020 in my opinion okay.
1: okay well here's the thing too we're talking about 24 wide receivers so if we just say you know each team starts two which it seems like three wide receiver sets is like the base formation now if i can if i can get a guy who's on the field of the time, I'll take that. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And if they're talented and have the collegiate production, they have got that that collegiate profile to back it, if you're telling me that any one of these guys are a day one, wide receiver two, wide receiver three on their own team, not for fantasy, but they're on the field 70, 80% of the snaps, give me that. Sign me up and and I'll bank on the talent. Because all of this is an educated guess. It's a risk anyway. But like you say, when you've got the data to help you make educated decisions on which risk to take and which to avoid, like wide receivers drafted in the fourth round and below, or those who don't reach a certain market share threshold, uh, college dominator rating breakout age, it helps us make better decisions. And I think that's why, Jesse, your process and what you do and how you, because I've seen you interact and I know you you have no problem with grinding the tape but I also see you put numbers out there to back and support you know the things that you see on film or things that may not show up on film but historical data points you down that road so I think that's one of the things that not only myself but I can speak for others in the community appreciate what you do and I appreciate you coming on this show tonight again it's been a long time coming I didn't expect Mm -hmm. us. The DDP is normally 30 minutes. We're already a freaking hour into the show. So (laughs) I appreciate your time, Jesse. Just before I let you go, just one piece of advice for um, people, whether it's regarding this 2020 class, whether it's regarding uh, 2021, whether it's regarding current rookie people, how to approach your draft picks, how to just give us a piece of it, our listeners, a piece of advice from you um, to help them be better dynasty players.
0: Oh man, uh, I think I think you got to start with just know knowing your team, and and also know when you're out of it. You know, if if you are currently uh, sitting at one and six in six uh, in your dynasty teams, and and it's just not looking good. Um, a wise man in, in, in the, uh, that goes by the name of John Bosch once said, "You either want to finish dead last, or you want to be first. You don't want to be in the middle of the pack in the dynasty team." or in a dynasty league so with that i mean um just know know your roster know your team and know where you sit um in in the rankings for your league because that can make all the difference for when you're gearing up for say this 2020 draft class if you have a stud running back in terms of maybe i don't know ezekiel elliott or a guy like maybe Alvin Kamara, David Johnson, maybe who, um, although Zeke is, is has been phenomenal, but you know DJ and Kamara, you know pushing through injuries and stuff, yep. and you're one in six right now. Maybe you shop those guys around for a lower tier running back who still has weekly starting upside, but you get to package one or two of those first round draft picks in there. If if if, if I'm one in six and I'm and and I have Alvin Kamara. I'm looking for somebody who wants to make a playoff push, who wants to make a championship push, and who has yet to ship off those first-round picks. Maybe they have an extra one, because I'm I'm valuing Kamara at three firsts at least. So I will take a a running back, two, maybe a high upside guy, uh, weekly starter. Um, Off off the top of my head, I would have to say maybe Leonard Fournette, even though he's having a phenomenal season. So that might seem like a stretch, but. I'm looking for a, a, a maybe like a Leonard Fournette and a one because I think that that could, that gap can really be closed if you, if you yep. make the right pitch, uh, Leonard Fournette and a one or um, maybe uh, a, maybe a guy you want you want to look for a little bit of youth. But anyways, before I get off the rails again, I know I talk a lot, but. Uh, just know know your roster know where you're standing and exploit that if you're if you're losing or if you're winning go out and make that trade because a lot of people overvalue these draft picks make that trade for that stud and chip off some of those draft picks and um and, and have that goal of winning a championship go out and get zeke go out and get get kamara and ship off those ones just know where you stand and and it'll set you up for the long run um and or it'll set you up just for this year if that's your goal so know your goals know your goals know your roster know your standings and, and and make some good moves
1: jesse real quick 2021 is it gonna be good jamar chase rondell moore justin ross don't get into it but just is that class gonna be good as well
0: i think it's gonna be good i don't think it's gonna be as good as this one but okay. i think it's gonna be good
1: all right well tell the listeners jesse what you got going on where they can find you at where they can check your workout you know let us let let us know where you're at baby
0: yeah man uh you guys can find all of my work over at playerprofiler.com or um at roto underworld uh that's currently where i'm residing right now i put out a a weekly article wide receiver versus um cornerbacks matchups column um really enjoying doing that like i said took a little bit of hiatus from podcasts but you definitely got me back out of the woodworks um and um over at uh, bolts from the blue haven't really produced anything over there yet um Sorry, guys. But um, yeah, so I'm interacting with plenty of people uh, right now. You can find me on Twitter at Jesse Reeves FF. And uh, you guys drop your questions, drop anything you guys have. And um, more than anything, though, I do want to say, Ray, thank you so much for having me on the show, man. I know this was a a long time coming, like you said, but man, I really wanted to make this happen. And I knew it was going to be a blast. Um, And and just thank you for for facilitating that whole thing, man. I was really excited to get on.
1: Well worth the wait, big dog. We appreciate you being on the DDP and uh, you won't have as long a hiatus because you will be back on. I know we haven't set a date, but I'm just letting (laughs) you know, man, you'll be back on. So absolutely Jesse. Thank you for the insight this evening, man.
0: Thank you. I appreciate it, man.